Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on this Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. My name is J.J. Jackson, proudly serving as the host of Locked On Blue Devils. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to our podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. We're available every single weekday. Also, make sure you watch the show on YouTube. Subscribe there as well. We are so close to that 700 subscriber mark, which means we're nearing our goal of 1,000. Let's keep climbing and growing the Locked On Blue Devils community. Your support means the absolute world to us. If you haven't done so already, follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. On today's show, very excited to bring on my good buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. We got a lot to talk about today between football, men's basketball, and a variety of other topics, so uh, we're set to dive right in. Josh, it's great to see you each and every week. How are you, my friend? Yeah, man, missed being with you last week, and uh, so glad we could get back, get back rolling and talk a little uh, football, basketball, whenever, whatever you want to do. It's a, it's a busy season, uh, certainly. It is. So, looking forward to talking some Duke, Duke athletics. Well, we've got a lot to get into, and here we are with the Duke football team. They're in the middle of bowl prep right now, and then also what's currently taking place, Josh. Not only do you have a bowl game coming up on December 28th, but December 21st is early signing period, which we need to get rid of the early word now anyway because this has become the main prioritized signing day across college football. The transfer portal is off and rolling. So while the season is officially over, while Duke finished with that impressive 8-4 and four regular season record, they're just as busy now as they were in game weeks, it seems. Yeah, there's a lot going on around the program, and and certainly earlier this week, uh, we learned that Al Blades Jr., um, secondary member of the Miami Hurricanes, is transferring to Duke. So transfer portal is hopping. We had already previously seen an offensive lineman uh, from Elon, um, and just waiting on some others. But yeah, early, uh, quote unquote early signing day is coming up, and obviously uh, this coaching staff under Mike Elko has done a really good job. They're expecting, you know, uh, 25, 26, 27 or so uh, players to sign. And that would be, that would be incredible. And so it's really interesting, man. If you, if you watch the landscape of college football, you see a lot of turnover, a lot of mass exodus happening in different places. Um, And in Durham, it seems to be like as many people that can stick around here are sticking around and then people are trying to come in as well. And so one word, and that's culture, it's being built right now in the Duke football program. Which is so great to see. And, and obviously with culture, the results on the field uh, help. And I think that is a good reason why Duke was able to have such a great season this year. It's becoming so evident that these players really do love it playing for Mike Elko and they're going to spread the word to other uh, you know, transfers that are out there possibly. And then, like you mentioned, we've talked to a couple of the uh, very recruits, Grayson Loftus being one of the most notable ones in that class. His staff has done a remarkable job of evaluating the high school talent and putting together one of the more impressive high school football recruiting classes that Duke has seen in a number of years. Yeah, and we're looking uh, right now, even to add to that, it looks like we're going to get a flip 
um, from the Big 12 at the linebacker position as well. And so um, I won't even mention names there. I don't think it's official yet, but um, it's looking like we're going to even add to it. And so the class was already looking good. Uh, it's going to look a little bit better. And then, you know, the big thing right now in this last, you know, few days before the, the signing day is to just to make sure all these guys who – are coming, uh, go ahead and, and, and finalize that decision. And so, you know, in the world of, of college football recruiting, you don't know. You don't know until the signings happen. You don't know until really they show up on campus yeah. uh, because everything, there's always things up in the air. And so, but I love where Duke's at. I think Coach Elko, I think Derek Miller, the head of recruiting at Duke, um, they've done a great job. Um, that whole staff there of, of getting what I believe is going to be just solid talent into this program. And so, as we mentioned, one week from today, signing day. Two weeks from today, Duke football is in the military bowl against UCF. How are we feeling about this matchup as we get closer to it? We've had a while to kind of think about it. What 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 all is going through your mind, Josh, in regards to the bowl game? Yeah, I mean, UCF had a great season. Um, in fact, uh, UCF, uh, who had already previously beaten Tulane, um, had an opportunity to beat Tulane there in their conference championship game, which would have sent them to the Cotton Bowl had they won that game. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, Duke fans, I know there's been some chirping, not a ton, but a little bit of chirping of like, man, I wish we had a Power 5 opponent. Um, I wish, you know, we had a Big Ten opponent, whatever. Um, but I will say this, like UCF, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, may still be ranked at 22, or they were before the Tulane game. Um, so they're good. They have the number one rated off uh, non-power five offensive line in the country. They love to run the football. Yes, they do. Uh, obviously, uh, Plumley, the the fourth Plumley brother, we say he's not related, <laughs> but the fourth Plumley uh, is their quarterback. Um, he's a SEC uh, transfer from Ole Miss. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Duke's defense, you know, holds up. Duke had really been stout against the run, but then we ran into. Uh, Israel Banacanda and that Pittsburgh team, and they were able to kind of move the ball on the ground against us. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, with this time off and the time to focus on it, you know, what our scheme is when we come out defensively. And 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 hopefully if we can shut down the run, no reason uh, why Duke shouldn't win the game, uh, but we have to shut down the run. Yeah, and, and Plumley, their quarterback, has been injured a little bit. Some folks didn't know if he'd be able to go all the way in that conference championship game. Gus Malzahn, of course, the former Auburn coach doing a great job leading that program now. Um, and, and UCF, you know, you talk about the Power Five opponents. This is where we remind people that next year, like next year, we don't wait for a couple of teams to go over to the ACC or, excuse me, the SEC in Texas and Oklahoma. But next year in 2023, UCF joins the Big 12. They're Power yeah. Five uh, taking a step up. They've already painted the Big 12 logo out on their field. They're ready to rock and roll knowing that the next time games are played at the bounce house uh, their home stadium that they're going to be in the big 12 so this is a uh, a fun matchup and a good opponent for duke to have in their bowl game this season yeah i agree i agree and you know at the end of the day uh duke fans uh can't be you know choosy and picky uh yeah. when it comes to postseason bowl game we did yeah. it. <laughs> I, at the end of the day we are playing in december and and so duke football being played in december um, is ideal. And so, um, you know, we're looking forward to it. Military Bowl, obviously, with everything that comes along with that, you know, the the uh, respect to the military and to the armed forces and to – I know they're going to have the uh, the huge flag that covers the field at the game. They're going to have like a legit flyover and stuff like that, you know. So that's going to be neat. Um, you know, Duke's uh, not been to the Military Bowl before, so it's a new bowl. 
And, um, and you know, I, I believe they're prepared. You know, um, if you look at the practices, and we've spoken to a couple of the players and whatnot during this time, uh, the practices are a little bit different. You know, they're not as, as hard. Uh, they'll get ready game week um, like they would normally. But these practices have really been more like the skills and different things they're lifting and and those types of things. It's not really been like grinded out practices. Right. And so, you know, who knows? Maybe this is a time for, you know, a true freshman who didn't get much play in time to maybe uh, squeak in a little bit more. You know, now that really the uh, the red shirt thing is, yeah. you know, it's kind of done. Um, if you're going to redshirt, you have redshirted by now, uh, obviously. So I don't know if any of that will happen, but it could help our depth a little bit. And, you know, I'm interested to see how this team looks with a month off or whatever uh, from their last game. You know, you, you never know. That's a lot of time. So It's going to be fun for sure. We'll be able to uh, watch that game again two weeks from today, Duke in the uh, Military Bowl taking on UCF. Our conversation will continue in just a moment here on Lockdown Blue Devils after our first time out today. Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks has cut prices 50% site-wide to make you the gift-giving hero that you've always wanted to be. This is just insane. The holidays are here, and you can achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks have put together a delicious selection of various gift packages to make shopping for the ones you love nice and easy. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Plus, use code LOCKEDON at checkout to get an additional $40 off your order. Omaha Steaks has everything you need to give a gift that's simply perfect. Again, Omaha Steaks, a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Visit omahasteaks.com, take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get that extra $40 off your order. Minimum order may be required. Omaha Steaks, a proud sponsor of Lockdown Blue Devils. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, I'm JJ Jackson alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast. Let's talk about your podcast for a moment, Josh, because you guys have a couple of uh, noteworthy guests that have made appearances uh, not only here recently, but throughout the history of the Section 17 podcast. Yeah, I mean, the latest two have been, well, we've had three here in the last you know month or so, uh, six weeks or so. Memorable Factor, who most uh, casual Duke fans will not uh, will not know, but he's the linebacker, kind of a scout team linebacker from England uh, who happens to have a YouTube channel with over 75,000 subscribers to it where he breaks down cricket uh, games mostly now. So uh, very interesting. And then the captain, Dwayne Carter, um, was a great uh, in-person interview that we had, and that was just a lot of uh, a lot of fun. And then uh, this past week, we released an interview or conversation. It's not an interview, really, a conversation with Riley Leonard. Um, we really just sat down and talked to him. We didn't even have things scripted out, uh, questions wise. We just talked to Riley about the season, and then we uh, he has a super fan on our podcast, uh, Jamie Holt. And Scott, Brian, and I wrote a love letter to Riley uh, from Jamie and made Jamie read it live on the podcast. (laughs) And uh, Jamie had never read it before until that moment in the moment. And so it was uh, it was the funniest thing we've ever had happen on our podcast. And Riley was uh, he was like dying. He was crying, laughing, couldn't think of anything to say. The only thing that came out of his mouth in between laughs was. That, that was the nicest thing anyone's ever said to him. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, if you get a chance, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, yeah, just just look for Section 17 podcast. 
we'd appreciate it as obviously JJ does here, you know, liking and subscribing, rating and reviewing, uh, especially, you know, with YouTube being big for you now, subscribing yeah. on YouTube, that's a big deal. We're, we're heading in that direction next year. So we're going to feel that, feel that pressure. So yeah, big time for sure. All right. So let's, uh, let's transition a little bit, shift our gears and talk about Dukeman's basketball. Who's now got a 10 and two record after a win on Saturday against Maryland Eastern shore. Uh, I'm excited about the performance we saw from Blue Jay shoot, Jaden shoot things, uh, which you know I'm a big fan of that. Obviously, Josh Cox, and uh, I- I'm fired up by what we saw this past weekend from Duke. Derek Whitehead takes another step forward. It seems. Tell me where you're at with the Stukeman's basketball squad. Well, I mean, if you if you look at it, you know, from like a thirty thousand foot view, I mean, there were a lot of questions coming into the season of like, how was John Shire going to do this, and how was John Shire going to do that. You know, at the end of the day, uh, I think we're sitting exactly where Duke fans would be happy with. And this team is growing. Um, it's interesting to see the rotations. For years and years, Duke fans have, you know, gotten on K for having too short of a bench and and for not playing guys. And Amen. Here, you know, Coach Shire uh, is 9-10 uh, deep uh, pretty much every game. He's you know, quick at the end of the games, too, to get in uh, some of those other guys. And we've seen uh, players like Christian Reeves and whatnot, you know, get some extended minutes at the end of games, which I think is great, man. You never you never know when you're going to need a couple-minute stretch in a big game later on in the season from a guy like him. And so, overall, I love where we're at. A couple of individual players um, that I really am in, intrigued by and impressed by um, – yeah, you mentioned Dariq Whitehead, and, and Duke fans have been waiting on on Dariq. Obviously, he was out for several weeks before the season, unable to practice with the team and unable to really get in game shape. And so, um, I think the uh, the few games he's played, and now with this bre- this this breather that we're getting uh, for like what twelve days or whatever it is during the Christmas holiday, I believe when we come back from Christmas, Dariq's going to be like ready to roll. We have definitely seen him take some steps forward over the last couple of games. We've seen his bounce get back a little bit. Uh, we've seen him make some really strong plays. He shoots the ball uh, decently from three. So I really like where Derek is. We'd already mentioned Derek Lively, I believe, the last time that he had already been improving, and so yeah. we're seeing that continue as well. But, I mean, look, the last game against Maryland Eastern Shore, obviously the captain, Jeremy Roach, sits out that game, um, and you really saw Tyrese Proctor um, who has the best Australian accent. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, by the way, I don't know if, if anyone was watching the game, but when they interviewed him after the game, you know, his accent was, you know, very obvious on ESPN and then, or ACC network. And then, uh, when they finished Randolph Childers was like, good night, mate. Like that's how he, that's how he said goodbye on the, uh, on the interview. So thought that was pretty funny, but Tyrese was really good. And here's what we got with Tyrese. You have like a high risk, high reward a little bit. Um, he makes some incredible reads and passes with that as a young player. Remember he's here a year early, even, uh, he also turns the ball over a little bit and and that's something he'll, he'll work on, you know, as the game kind of comes to him a little bit, um, and he gets, he gets acclimated to the game, but I really, I really am enjoying seeing him play. I'm enjoying seeing, uh, Derek get better. Those are the two guys that's kind of stand out in my mind. And I know you were happy to see your boy shoot, yeah, uh, put it. What was it? Three threes. One yeah. of them was a beautiful pump fake step back. Like it was, 
it was really nice, and I, I'm so happy for that kid. Yeah, we we've missed that for sure. And and look, it's he's the tenth man, and and Duke had only been playing nine so far. Talked about it a little bit on Monday with Jason Evans. Uh, so to see him get that opportunity was great. Unsolicited, John Shire uh, praised him for what he was able to do. Mm-hmm. So much so that Duke's creative staff that are very strategic with what they put out there in the vision of the program decide to do a pull-out quote graphic, kind of recognizing the game mm-hmm. that Jaden Shute had for Duke. I think that could be significant moving forward. Uh, and then in a lot of ways, I keep thinking about this Jeremy Roach injury, Josh, because we've got a lot of time to kind of let him heal, and it's just a toe injury uh, is what we're hearing right now for Roach and not as many games to be played in the coming weeks and that sort of thing. Maybe this time off will do Jeremy Roach some good. However, there still seems to be a, uh, a like, got to figure out how to make Proctor and Roach sort of work together, I feel. Yeah, for sure. And then you have the X factor of Jalen Blakes um, right. uh, in the mix as well, you know, playing really well off the bench, providing a spark. I mean, I loved the play uh, in the in the last game where he got a steal and then the ball swung to him and then he hit a three all within like, you know, five seconds of each right. other. Um, but yeah, I agree. You, you, you know, the most successful Duke teams in historically um, have had two guys that really can handle the ball um, as, as a point. Um, you know, you think back, you know, quickly to the 2015 team uh, with both Tyus Jones and Quinn Cook. Um, thinking back to the 2010 national title team, you had both John Shire and Nolan Smith. You know what I mean? Like all those, all of those teams. And so, at the end of the day, I think Duke and I think any team plays well with two ball handlers. Um, you know, the question is, can uh, can Tyrese continue to improve his shooting? Um, you know, getting his feet set, making sure that he's squared up. He has a beautiful shot, mm-hmm. um, but just making sure he's shooting that three. At, you know, we'd obviously love to see him get approach that 40 percent mark uh, from behind the arc. I think that would actually go a long way and in, in really helping that duo you know, become the best backcourt it could be. So I'd like to see his shot selection and and efficiency, you know, go up. Let's take our last time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils today. Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college football bowl season, to basketball and the World Cup. We've got it all at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Moving forward and wrapping up today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, I'm JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Josh Cox. So, as we said, uh, Duke basketball, a lot of downtime right now. Finals week on campus uh, that they've got to knock out some exams academically. And then the rest of the way, Josh, it's ACC games for the Duke men's basketball team. They're going to play uh, every single team in the conference, a couple of teams multiple times to total up to your 20 ACC games. Uh, conference has several tiers so far this season uh, with the level of competition and that sort of thing. But uh, it is notable to know that, okay, here we go. Now we're only in ACC play from here on out. Yeah, and I mean, credit where credit's due. Shout out to Virginia for kind of being, you know, leading the way uh, right now. I believe Duke and Virginia kind of stand alone right now at the top of the the conference. And then 
I mean, you say it's ACC play. If it includes Louisville right now, it might as well not be um, ACC play. Boy, they are – boy, they've come out of the gates like a tortoise um, for sure. Um, but uh, anyway, no, I will not make any any uh, any comments because there's former you know former Duke legend Nolan Smith yeah. on that staff. So that's all I'll say. But yeah, the ACC is very interesting this year, and 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 there are tears. And and listen, you know we're we're not fans of our uh, you know our brothers down the road here in Chapel Hill, but they're going to turn it around. They're going to figure it out. I mean, at the end of the day, more than likely. Um, you know, so they went on a little bit of a lose, losing streak there, but they're gonna, they're going to figure that out. And then I think there's going to be some teams, you know, that 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 show up. Um, uh, Virginia Tech it looks to be a tough, a tough out as they have been, you know, over the last few years. And so, and, and I don't want to get into name calling because there's a lot of teams that that are going to be good. But yeah, right now, ACC play is where you make your money, right? If you're John Shire, if you're Duke, it's like, hey, we got through the non-conference, we did our thing. Two losses, you know, honestly, two well-earned and deserved losses to two very good teams. You know, nothing to hang your head about, losing to Kansas and to Purdue. Um, and and now here we go. And this is where we make our money, right? This is where we, you know, win championships. And so at the end of the day, you know, that circle that Duke-Virginia game, uh, it's going to be a fun one because I think those are going to be the two teams battling at the top, you know, when it's all said and done. Here we are in ACC play the rest of the way for Duke men's basketball. Of course, Duke, the reigning regular season champions of the conference. So they've got that title to defend this season. Uh, and it starts on the 20th with a game against Wake Forest and then Florida State to close out the year. And then we jump in to 2023. Um, so with that being said, a lot of downtime right now with not basketball games to watch for Duke coming next week. We are going to have a bit of a deep dive into the uh, NBA season so far and highlight some of our former Duke Blue Devils. A couple of the answers are obvious, Josh, but as our viewers and listeners prepare for a conversation to be had next week, who are the players right now that they definitely need to be like aware of great things happening at the next level? Well, I mean, I believe we have – uh, two former Duke University men's basketball players, in my opinion, who are in the top five of the MVP conversation um, as we as we currently yes. sit here. And and the obvious Jason Tatum, even though um, Boston's been on a little bit of a, a downtrend these last like just few days, then they've lost two straight. Um, you know, I, for some reason the Golden State thing is like a hurdle for them, um, but. Uh, Tatum is still having a absolutely monster season. And then if you've not noticed what's going on in New Orleans, the last seven games, our boy Zion is uh, – he's on another level. Yeah, um, the best player in the league the last yeah, seven games. So. The most unstoppable offensive player in the league right now. And that is with all due respect to every other player. But right now in this stretch, he can't be stopped. And then that's – this is – New Orleans now number one in the West, beat Phoenix twice uh, this past weekend. If you watched the Friday night game, uh, you saw the exclamation point where Zion did a 360 windmill uh, at the end of that game, which, by the way, the little scuffle that happened at the end of that game was just as much about Chris Paul throwing an elbow to Alvarado's neck, which is what they found on a different camera angle as the time was expiring than it was about that dunk. So all ever, everybody's going crazy about the dunk, but there was a, there was yet another 
Chris Paul dirty play that led to an altercation at the end of the game. And so uh, anyway, they're sitting at the top of the West right now. And this is with Brandon Ingram out, Herb Jones out. Right. This is with CJ McCollum not being efficient. Um, you know, he, he had a good, he's had, had a couple of good games, yeah. but he's not vintage CJ McCollum right now. I think you'll get back there, but man, this team, if they put it all together, I, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to yeah. hold. Yeah. I got he's NBA so league pass. Yeah. I've got NBA league pass and it's like, it's on those Pelicans, man. That, that, <laughs> it was, it's, I've already got my money's worth and here yeah. we sit in early December. So, yeah, we've got, so, I mean, look, Duke opened the season with 25 players on NBA roster, which, so we've got a ton to yeah. sort of highlight and that sort of thing. Uh, just recently this week, and as was a trend last year, anytime John Morant does not play for the Memphis Grizzlies, Ooh. we're getting great performances from Tyus Jones yeah. at that lead guard spot. Uh, A.J. Griffin had a game winner the other night for Atlanta. Paulo Bancaro oh. has been an unbelievable Shout out, you know, rookie. gave him the pass. And Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson with the pass. pass. Yeah, and he's you know. played more. Pseudo, the pseudo brotherhood. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Paulo, so, Paulo breaking records as a rookie. Right. Awesome like, to see. Awesome to see for sure. Well, we'll that'll be that a fun. That'll week. be a fun episode. Yeah. Well, Josh, thanks for stopping by today's show, man. Always good to catch up. JJ, have a great day, man. That's my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section Seventeen Podcast, and that's going to do it for our program today. Again, if you haven't done so already, please be sure that you follow and subscribe to Locked On Blue Devils. For free, wherever you get your podcasts, watch the show daily on YouTube as well and subscribe on that platform. That'll do it for today's show. As always, go do. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.